Volume One, Chapter Sixteen of Gwen Wynn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chieko. Gwen Wynn, A Romance of the Y by Maine Reed. Chapter Sixteen, Coracle Dick. A traveller making the tour of the Wye will now and then see moving along its banks, or across the contiguous meadows, what he might take for a gigantic tortoise walking upon its tail. Mystified by a sight so abnormal, and drawing nigh to get an explanation of it, he will discover that the moving object is, after all, but a man carrying a boat upon his back. Still the tourist will be astonished at a feat so Herculean, rival to that of atlas and will only be altogether enlightened when the boat-bearer lays down his burden which if asked he will obligingly do and permits him the stranger to satisfy his curiosity by an inspection of it set square on the sward at his feet he will look upon a craft quaint as was ever launched on lake stream or tidal wave for he will be looking at a coracle not only quaint in construction but singularly ingenious in design considering the ends to be accomplished in addition historically interesting so much as to deserve more than passing notice even in the pages of a novel nor will i dismiss it without a word however it may seem out of place in shape the coracle bears resemblance to the half of a humming top or swedish turnip cloven longitudinally the cleft face scooped out leaving but the rind the timbers consist of slender saplings peeled and split to obtain lightness disposed some fore and aft others athwart ships still others diagonally as struts and ties all having their ends in a band of wicker-work which runs around the gunwale holding them firmly in place itself forming the rail over this framework is stretched a covering of tarred and of course waterproof canvas tight as a drum in olden times it was the skin of ox or horse but the modern material is better because lighter and less liable to decay besides being cheaper there is but one seat or thwart as the coracle is designed for only a single occupant though in a pinch it can accommodate two this is a thin board placed nearly amidships partly supported by the wicker rail and in part by another piece of light scantling set edgeways underneath in all things ponderosity is as much as possible avoided since one of the essential purposes of the coracle is portage and to facilitate this it is furnished with a leathern strap the ends attached near each extremity of the thwart to be passed across the breast when the boat is borne overland the bearer then uses his oar there is but one a broad-bladed paddle by way of walking-stick and so proceeds as already said like a tortoise travelling on its tail in this convenience of carriage lies the ingenuity of the structure unique and clever beyond anything in the way of watercraft i have observed elsewhere either among savage or civilized nations the only thing approaching it in this respect is the birch-bark canoe of the eskimo and chippewa indians but though more beautiful this it is far behind our native craft in an economic sense in cheapness and readiness for while the chippewaan would be stripping his bark from the tree and rearming it to say not of fitting to the frame timbers stitching and paying it a subject of king caradoc would have launched his coracle upon the wye and paddled it from plinlimon to chepstow as many a modern welshman would the same 
above all is the coracle of rare historic interest as the first venture upon water of a people the ancestors of a nation that now rules the sea their descendants proudly styling themselves its lords not without right and reason why called coracle is a matter of doubt and dispute by most admitted as a derivative from the latin corum a skin this being its original covering but certainly a misconception since we have historic evidence of the basket and hide boat being in use around the shores of albion hundreds of years before these ever saw roman ship or standard besides at the same early period under the almost homonym of corag it floated still floats on the waters of the lern far west of anywhere the romans ever went among the common people on the wye it bears a less ancient appellation that of truckle from whatever source the craft derives its name it has itself given a sobriquet to one of the characters of our tale richard dempsey why the poacher is thus distinguished is not easy to tell possibly because he more than any other in his neighbourhood makes use of it and is often seen trudging about the river bottoms with a huge carapace on his shoulders it serves his purpose better than any other kind of boat for dick though a snare of hares and pheasants is more of a salmon poacher and for this the water branch of his amphibious calling the coracle has a special adaptation it can be lifted out of the river or launched upon it anywhere without leaving trace whereas with an ordinary skiff the moorings might be marked the embarkation observed and the night netter followed to his netting place by the watchful water bailiff despite his cunning and the handiness of his craft dick has not always come off scot-free his name has several times figured in the reports of quarter sessions and himself in the cells of the county jail this only for poaching but he has also served a spell in prison for a crime of a less venal kind burglary as the job was done in a distant shire there has been nothing heard of it in that where he now resides the worst known of him in the neighbourhood is his game and fish trespassing though there is worse suspected he whose suspicions are strongest being the waterman wingate but jack may be wronging him for a certain reason the most powerful that ever swayed the passion or warped the judgment of man rivalry for the affections of a woman no heart however hardened is proof against the shafts of cupid and one has penetrated the heart of coracle dick as deeply as has another that of jack wingate and both from the same bow and quiver the eyes of mary morgan she is the daughter of a small farmer who lives by the wise side and being a farmer's daughter above both in social rank still not so high but that love's ladder may reach her and each lives in hope he may some day scale it for evan morgan holds as a tenant and his land is of limited acreage dick dempsey and jack wingate are not the only ones who wish to have him for a father-in-law but the two most earnest and whose chances seem best not that these are at all equal on the contrary greatly disproportionate dick having the advantage in his favour is the fact that farmer morgan is a roman catholic his wife fanatically so he dempsey professing the same faith while wingate is a protestant of pronounced type under these circumstances coracle has a friend at headquarters in mrs morgan and an advocate who visits there in the person of father roger with this united influence in his favour the odds against the young waterman are great and his chances might appear slight indeed would be were it not for an influence to counteract he too has a partisan inside the citadel and a powerful one since it is the girl herself 
he knows is sure of it as man may be of any truth communicated to him by loving lips amid showers of kisses for all this has passed between mary morgan and himself and nothing of it between her and richard dempsey instead on her part coldness and distant reserve it would be disdain i scorn if she dares show it for she hates the very sight of the man but controlled and close watched she has learnt to smile when she would frown the world or that narrow circle of it immediately surrounding and acquainted with the morgan family wonders at the favourable reception it vouchsafes to richard dempsey a known and noted poacher but in justice to mrs morgan it should be said she has but slight acquaintance with the character of the man only knows it as represented by rogier absorbed in her paternosters she gives little heed to aught else her thoughts as her actions being all of the dictation and under the direction of the priest in her eyes coracle dick is as the latter has painted him thus a worthy fellow poor it is true but honest withal a little addicted to fish and game-taking as many another good man who wouldn't with such laws unrighteous oppressive to the poor were they otherwise the poacher would be a patriot as for dempsey they who speak ill of him are only the envious envying his good looks and fine mental qualities for he's clever and they can't say nay energetic and likely to make his way in the world yet one thing he would make that's a good husband to your daughter mary one who has the strength and courage to take care of her so counsels the priest and as he can make mrs morgan believe black white she is ready to comply with his counsel if the result rested on her coracle dick would have nothing to fear but it does not he knows it does not and it is troubled with all the influence in his favour he fears that other influence against him if against him far more than a counterpoise to mrs morgan's religious predilections or the partisanship of his priest still he is not sure one day the slave of sweet confidence the next a prey to black bitter jealousy and thus he goes on doting and doubting as if he were never to know the truth a day comes when he is made acquainted with or rather a night for it is after sundown the revelation reaches him indeed nigh on to midnight his favoured yet defeated aspirations are more than twelve months old they have been active all through the preceding winter spring and summer it is now autumn the leaves are beginning to turn sere and the last sheaves have been gathered to the stack no shire than that of hereford more addicted to the joys of the harvest home this often celebrated in a public and general way instead of at the private and particular farmhouse one such is given upon the summit of garran hill a grand gathering to which all go of the class who attend such assemblages small farmers with their families their servants too male and female there is a cromlech on the hill's top around which they annually congregate and beside this ancient relic are set up the symbols of a more modern time the maypole though it is autumn with its strings and garlands the show-booths and the refreshment tents with their display of cakes fruits perry and cider and there are sports of various kinds pitching the stone climbing the greased pole that of may now so slippery jumping racing in sacks dancing among other dances the morris with a grand finale of fireworks at this year's fete farmer morgan is present accompanied by his wife and daughter it need not be said that dick dempsey and jack wingate are there too they are and have been all the afternoon ever since the gathering began but during the hours of daylight neither approaches the fair creature to which his thoughts tend and on which his eyes are almost constantly turning 
the poacher is restrained by a sense of his own unworthiness a knowledge that there is not the place to make show of his aspirations to one all believed so much above him while the waterman is kept back and aloof by the presence of the watchful mother with all her watchfulness he finds opportunity to exchange speech with the daughter only a few words but enough to make hell in the heart of dick dempsey who overhears them it is at the closing scene of the spectacle when pyrotechnists are about to send up their final feu de joie mrs morgan treated by numerous acquaintances to aniseed and other toothsome drinks has grown less thoughtful of her charge which gives jack wingate the opportunity he has all along been looking for sidling up to the girl he asks in a tone which tells of lovers and rapport mutually unmistakably when mary saturday night next the priest's coming to supper i'll make an errand to the shop soon as it gets dark where the old place under the big elm you're sure you'll be able sure never fear i'll find a way god bless you dear girl i'll be there if anywhere on earth this is all that passes between them but enough more than enough for richard dempsey as a rocket just then going up throws its glare over his face as also the others no greater contrast could be seen or imagined on the countenances of the lovers an expression of contentment sweet and serene on his a look such as mephistopheles gave to gretchen escaping from his toils the curse in coracle's heart is but hindered from rising to his lips by a fear of its foiling the vengeance he there and then determines on End of chapter 16